Carter. And you're listening to a very special episode of Girl on the Go that we have tried to make so many times now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were sitting here last night. Well, no, before that, you wrote it, and I'm positive we recorded it. But it's but we, we don't know where ether. it went, and it never aired, so we're doing it again. Yeah, but then last night... Yeah, we started... I think we were six minutes we were in. Six minutes in. And Kev gets a text. And I'm chatting away and she's not really responding. And I'm And I do tend to play on my phone while we're podcasting, but that's just so I my ADHD monkey brain doesn't go insane. <laughs> I'm generally still listening and participating. Anyway, she wasn't participating, and so then suddenly she Well, did, I hit pause. You did. You hit pause and said I have to go. Yeah. I'm supposed to be somewhere else right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm doing tech for a Christmas show, and I didn't... Oh, a Christmas show. I thought this was Cinderella. No, no, no. Goodness, no. No, no. That's... that. We don't even start rehearsals till January. Oh. Um, what show are you in for Christmas? I'm not in it. Tech? I'm doing tech. Um, it's just the Nose Creek Players mm. Christmas show. Okay. Yeah. It's called The Christmas Hero, okay. written by my friend Taylor. Anyway, um, yeah, and I realized why I... Because I put it in my calendar, and I was like, why? How did I double book myself? I put it in my calendar for tomorrow. Ah. Or today, I guess. Yesterday, yeah. it would have been tomorrow. Yeah. Today, it's today. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, so I hoofed really it to well. Airdrie, which is like 35 minutes away from here. When the roads are good, which they weren't. weren't. Yeah, they weren't. But I made it. I even remembered to text you and let you know that I didn't crash and die. Yes, thank you for that. So, this time... This time, we're going to make this podcast. Okay, yeah. Well, I called it Fresh Thoughts on Old Words. Actually, you called it Deember Podcast. (laughs) That's what mom titled it. Okay, before... She missed the C in December. (laughs) (laughs) Before I decided to call it Fresh Thoughts on Old Words... Um, I just knocked are, are the table. I, yeah, should, should we start, start over? She's vibrating just a little bit. <laughs> we so just had we a very having... lively discussion about women's role in the church. And, and Dad agrees, but he was arguing with me anyway. I know. The irony was we're all on the same side of this issue, and yet we're having this Dad just kept going, but theoretically. And I was like, Dad, you know that I'm right. Well, well yeah. you agree with me. I, yes. No one knows who's right. Well, and what he was trying to accomplish is to get you to understand that there are legitimate theological reasons no for i get it i consider just themselves complimentary i i get it i just firmly disagree yeah and you know what so do i and so, and does, so does he, and so does he. <laughs> but he can respect the argument of the other side which i know you can't so. i well you know i recognize that they they think it's good and great I don't think it's that hard to argue, personally. Um, but with your vast theological education, well, exactly though, <laughs> right? Okay. You know what? I had a hard enough time shutting this argument down to get you up here. <laughs> you to brought do it this. up. I know. I was prepared. Yeah, I Dad and I so were really done. But Mom was like, "It's late. We need to podcast." And this is a four-hour argument, and we don't have four hours. So <laughs> yeah, I still have so much work to do too. <laughs> I know. Oh dear. Um, okay. okay, so we're going to talk about Christmas carols. All right, do you have a favorite? I don't love Christmas music. Christmas carols are better. Um, 
Oh Holy Night. I quite mm-hmm. like I had I couldn't remember. I had to yeah. sing through it. it it's um, a beautiful one and the words are so powerful. Yeah. Um I love that one. Chains shall he break for the slave is our brother, and mm-hmm. in his name all oppression shall cease. No wonder you like that. You're such yes! a justice what warrior. A, what a call to action. Right? Uh love that. We 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 love an active hymn. Um <laughs> yeah, I like I like the hymns and and I don't know what what makes what's the difference between a Christmas song and a Christmas carol? Is there a difference? It well, sounds like I'm baiting you, but I I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I mean, I would just say that the carols are typically the tra- traditional ones. That's my but belief. Like, is but it, is maybe... Jingle Bells a carol? No. It's an old song. It's a song. It's a, it's, oh, yeah. But... It's a traditional Christmas song. Okay, but some of these, like, Oh Holy Night goes back to the times of the Atlantic slave trade. How old is Jingle Bells? <laughs> Okay, she's asking Mr. Google. I am, and your internet sucks, so Go- Mr. Google is uh, 1850. So this is pretty old. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's also the time of the Atlantic Slate. I oh, yeah, I guess it so is. So I think the carols have spiritual significance, whereas Jingle Bells is... Or are those just hymns? I don't know. Is that important? Because that's <laughs> what? Not really what this is about. Oh, excuse me for trying to have some engaging banter before we get into the teaching. I, I think everybody has um, significant memories surrounding Christmas carols. Maybe not everyone, but, you know, could be bundling up and caroling, walking down the street and caroling at the mm-hmm. homes of friends or neighbors, um, singing around the piano at home. Um, maybe a candlelight service at church or, or just even just playing um, recordings while, you know, decorating the tree or decorating uh, cookies or something like that. Um, I heard a story of a little kid who decided to draw a picture of the nativity and he worked with his crayons and his mom came over and she said, oh, okay, well, I see Mary and, and the baby Jesus and those must be the shepherds and that's Joseph, but who's this little fat guy? And the kid said, that's round John version. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh, yeah. So I think I think a lot of times the carols are so familiar to us that we don't really think about the words too much anymore. I have an update. You have an update? I have an update. Oh, man. Christmas carols are actually religious in nature. Okay, so I eventually got there. Well, you said traditional. Traditional. But then I said spiritual later on because I said that's why Jingle Bells isn't a character. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Apparently, I'm just in a a fighting mood now. totally are. (laughs) That got me all worked up. I'm so worked up. Man. Okay. Um, uh, I was saying that we don't typically think a lot about the words or a lot of people don't think a lot about the words yeah. in, in Christmas songs. They sort of just sing them on remote control. Yeah. I mean, really, what does Gloria and Excelsis Day mean anyway? Well, Deo, according yes, to the song, Deo. but I'm pretty sure it's, that's, we just added a, a no, syllable. No, I think that's actually Latin. The Latin? Yeah. You don't think it's Day? No. Hmm. Well, I don't know. I'll have to Google that, too. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. This is going to be a really long show. <laughs> Fasten your seatbelts, people. It's the Kevin Carter, Kevin Pankhurst. What's my name? Kevin Pankhurst Google Hour. Um, we're an hour long now. Um, yeah, well, that one's particularly rough because that one's Latin. So, yeah. really, what does it mean? What does it mean? Um, it's, it's a praise thing. of so. Oh, here we go. Well, yeah. let's keep going, and yeah. then I'll have an answer. If oh, I were a okay, listener, I'd okay. want to know. So, um, 
I think most people really love Silent Night and Oh Holy Night, as you mentioned. Um, you almost can't have Christmas without those those songs. Mm. They're so beautiful. And and most of us have memories surrounding those two favorites. I, I will never forget holding hands and singing Silent Night as a family around my sister's bed just moments, oh. moments before she died. Yeah, that was pretty special. She okay, kinda, yeah. Okay, now you have something to say that's going to totally interrupt this meaningful moment. Well, with... first I was going to make a, a joke about that moment, and then I was like, "That's not appropriate." Um, no, uh, Gloria in ex, in Excel, I can never Excelsius. say Excelsius. Excelsius, Excelsius, Excelsior, Excelsius. In Excelsis Deo means glory in the highest to God. Okay. So, so you were right. I'm going to try to stop arguing now, but I make no promises. <laughs> right, Whew, I'm worked up. Okay. <sighs> so obviously, because of my story, Silent Night has um, a lot of meaning to me, aside from the words. Right. Um, but the carol that has become one of my favorites is Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Mm. And, and you could definitely argue that the melody isn't as beautiful as some of the other songs, like Oh Holy Night. <laughs> it really, it, 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 it just... Kind of pound. It's like it's a true. it's like a one trumpet, <laughs> just the whole way, which it's thematic. Yeah, well, yeah, hark, right? Yeah, hark, the herald, yeah, the herald yeah. heralding um, trumpets. So it, um, it it was written by Charles Wesley, the Methodist evangelist in in the seventeen hundreds. Um, so it's really old, mm. but the lyrics are absolutely amazing. Um, like most people, I had sung them mindlessly for many years. But mm -hmm. one day before Christmas, years ago... Sorry, okay. the dog is trying to tear down the porch. This episode is cursed. <laughs> <laughs> Levi, Levi, just like down, This buddy. is going great. It's okay. This is going great. Welcome to season, what, six? Grow in the go. It's, oh, gr season seven. It's going great. It's getting better, <laughs> if anything. <laughs> Yeah, like, the dog just cannot trying, stop fussing with the blanket fort. He's trying to make fort. a nest. Anyway, oh my goodness. This is a, okay, so. Um, now you're going to pull the whole thing down. Come here, come here, come here. Okay, he's sitting on my lap now. If you hear any strange, you know, dog noises. Burning or breathing noises, yeah. you'll know why. Okay, so I had mindlessly sung these lyrics for many, many years. Um, but suddenly the meaning of them penetrated my, my thick skull and I just started to weep at the profound nature of the story that they tell. My, my dad was somebody who studied theology for fun mm -hmm. <laughs> and he taught lots of theology to us growing up. So when I actually thought about the lyrics of this song, this hymn, the weight of their meaning really hit me. So I'd like to unpack some of those lyrics today, and maybe as you sing them this season, you will be like I was, filled with wonder mm. at God's incredible generosity. So let's look at this old carol so we can hear its words in a new way. First verse is, Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies, with angelic hosts proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. So the phrase in this verse that takes my breath away is God and sinners reconciled. Mm -hmm. 
Because of Adam and Eve's rebellion against God in humanity's very first chapter, mankind and God have irreconcilable differences. God created us to be his friends, but because he didn't want the forced friendship of, you know, robots or, or even animals, he gave us the ability to choose, to choose a relationship with God on his terms or to choose rebellion against him with all its consequences. So one of the most difficult parts of be, about being a parent, as you will no doubt learn someday, is that um, it is when we have to sit back and watch our children do the wrong thing and then suffer the consequences. Consequences that we could have prevented if we'd intervened, right? Um, since everything a parent knows of love and nurture comes from the heart of God, our creator, we just get a little bit of an idea um, the great ache in God's heart as he watched his beloved children one by one turn their backs on him and walk away mm -hmm. to choose to live independent of him. And of course, this was not a surprise to him. He knew before he even created us that it, it was going to happen. He knew that his holiness and our selfish choices would create a rift that only the most expensive and extravagant operation in the history of the universe could ever reconcile. But because of his great love for us, he put the plan into action, and it began with a mediator. So in a labor dispute, who would you say would make the best mediator? I think generally the best mediator is a third party, a neutral third party. Neutral, yeah. And, and preferably someone who understands both sides of the issue mm -hmm. and who is also, as you said, neutral or impartial. Jesus Christ became the one and only God-man. He was the perfect mediator. God, man. <laughs> it's like a superhero or something. Very weird, yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> but he was the perfect mediator because he was just as much God as if he'd never been man and just as much man as if he'd never been God. In 2 Timothy 2.5, it says, There is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man, Christ Jesus. So with that understanding of reconciliation in mind, let's move on to the second verse. Christ by highest heaven adored, Christ the everlasting Lord, late in time behold him come, offspring of a virgin's womb. Doesn't really rhyme, but that's okay. Veiled in flesh the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity, pleased as man with man to dwell, Jesus our Emmanuel, Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. So the words here that knock me over are veiled in flesh the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity. So do you know what incarnation means? Uh, I believe it's like the, like, a spirit entering like a vessel, right? Is that what that is? Um Maybe, Kinda? maybe technically, but the idea is basically moved into the neighborhood. Okay. You know, like God moved into the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. That's, that's incarnation. And when we talk about Christians living incarnationally, it might mean that I move into Forest Lawn in Calgary or, you know, a, a, whatever city you live in, the, the, the part of it that people try to not live in if they have a choice. Yeah. Forest right? Lawn isn't as bad anymore. It's more like Dover now. Okay. So, oh, you know, dad and I almost moved into Dover when we were first married, but 
Then we moved to Edmonton. Anyway. <laughs> That's worse. <laughs> Sorry if you live in Edmonton. <laughs> it's an Alberta thing you wouldn't understand, those of you who don't live here. Um, go Flames, go. Um, so what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So a believer might choose to move into Dover in order to be Jesus to people who live in Dover. Yeah. Right? right. Okay. So that's incarnation. All right. Having said all that, um, the thing that takes my breath away about this is that Jesus came to this earth so vulnerable, like in the form of a baby. What creature is less uh, capable of, or uh, less vulnerable and or capable, more vulnerable, okay, than a human baby. I mean, they are yeah, the they, most helpless of they, creatures. They are really dumb. <laughs> well, helpless, right? Yeah. So um, that's how Jesus came. God with skin on. God having temporarily forfeited all his supernatural powers. Jesus was the only solution to the dilemma of humanity alienated from God. There's there's this story that I think illustrates this, and it's apparently a true story, that there was a woman who was brought before a judge in... Um, in California many years ago, and she had been charged with uh, a traffic violation of some kind. And she was guilty. She knew she was guilty. Everybody knew she was guilty. But the problem was she didn't have the money to pay the fine. And so the judge declared her guilty. And then he took off his robe and he walked down beside her and he took out his wallet and he paid the fine. Mm. So why would he do that? I'm pretty sure I've heard this story. Do you want me to spoil it? Well, he did it because he was her father. Yeah. But he knew that as a judge, in spite of the fact he didn't want her to have to pay the consequences, mm -hmm. he knew as a judge it wouldn't be just for him to say not guilty just because she was his daughter. Yeah. And that's why he removed his robe. He was like taking off his role as judge and taking on the role of her father and paying her fine. So that's, um, I think, a really good word picture of what God did. He took off his godness and, you know, came down from his bench, his throne in heaven. And in order to live and die on the earth and to pay the fine. So it's, it's really, um, it's really explains to us what the incarnate deity means. The Bible clearly states that the consequences of our separation from God caused by our moral failure is death, which means it's spiritual death. And that means separation from God and everything that is good. No matter how much he loves us and desires our friendship, he had to bring down his gavel and pronounce us guilty because he's holy and just and he can't deny his own character. But because he loves us so much, he came down off the throne of his ultimate power stripped off his godness and put skin on. Now he was the perfect mediator. He paid the fine for our sin, which was death, Christ's death on the cross. Now the final verse of this carol is filled with words of hope. It says, Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace. Hail the Son of Righteousness. Now just think about that phrase for a second. Hail the Son of Righteousness. Even though Jesus lived 33 years in a human body, susceptible to all the temptations and influences we are, he never once sinned. 
He was never selfish. He never cheated on his taxes. He never failed to bring his donkey to a complete stop <laughs> at a stop sign. I don't think they had stop signs. I also don't think he had a donkey. He never hated anyone. He never told a lie or spoke inappropriately. He never looked at a woman with anything other than love and respect. He was the son of righteousness. The next line is light and life to all he brings. Maybe for you or someone you know, religion is all about the rules. It's a list of do's and don'ts. Especially if you were raised... Um Catholic? Well, and there's a lot of different traditions that For sure. you could say that of. For sure. But I think Christian sort of adjacent or like in the sphere of Christianity, because Catholicism and Protestantism is all Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, Catholicism, I know for a lot of people can feel very, um, very rules based. Well, and certainly and there's... distant. Yeah. And there have been points in history where... I mean, the sale of indulgences, for example, it was very much guilt based. And I think also the fact that most Catholic churches teach that we are saved not by faith alone, but also by works. Yeah. And so that brings a component of of guilt. Am I enough? Did I do it? What have you done for me lately? Yeah. Yeah. That kind of a a thing. So, you know, but there are many um, traditions in Protestantism Mm -hmm. that are also very, um, very rule-based oh yeah and quite graceless really oh yeah yeah so a list of do's and don'ts um is so not what jesus was about and i i want to tell you that those people who um feel like like um religion is all about rules or that jesus is all about rules might have some version of religion but they don't know jesus jesus was also a revolutionary as well yes oh very much so very much a radical he was kind of a lot about breaking rules (laughs) true enough yeah true enough and the kind of of relationship that jesus died to make possible with us is not boring or restrictive in any way no it's not depriving in any way jesus came to give us light and life as this line in the song says in john 10 10 jesus said i came so that they can have real life and eternal life more and better life than they ever dreamed of. So if you think Christianity is boring, you're living on yours or someone else's terms, not on God's. I mean, when you think about it, how can an intimate relationship with the God of the universe be boring? (laughs) The next lines of this song are, risen with healing in his wings, mild he lays his glory by, born that man no more may die. So first of all, let's unpack risen with healing in his wings. Jesus rose from the dead. It was the final validation, the consumption of a transaction that restores us with God. So that as soon as we accept his death on our behalf and invite him to be our leader, we pass from death into life. Our debt to God is paid in full. In fact, that's an accurate translation of words Jesus said while he was dying on the cross. I have the Greek of that tattooed on my wrist. I know you do. So it was sort of like the burning of a mortgage, right? Paid in full, right? Um, Operation reconciliation is complete at this point, and Jesus is the champion. The next line is, mild he lay his glory by, born that man no more may die. 
You know, when a, a believer passes into eternity, when that fatal accident or disease takes its toll, that person doesn't die. Not really. Their earthly body dies, but their spirit, the part of them that lives forever, goes on. Because the Bible says that the instant that person accepts Jesus, she passes from death into life. Right? We don't pass from spiritual death into spiritual life when we go to heaven. We That happens the moment we come into relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, for example, have you ever wondered why Psalm 23 talks about walking through the valley of the shadow of death? Not the valley of death. The valley of the shadow of death. Because I mean, the closest we come to it is the shadow. I think that's exactly right. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, it's poetry. But that seems like an unnecessary use of I mean, really, words. it's just cluttering. It's, it's cluttering it's, the line. It is kind of cluttering the line. And so I think it's there for an important reason. Mm-hmm. The shadow of death is the closest a believer will ever come to actual death. Mm. In 1 John five eleven to 13, it says this. And this is what God has testified. He has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever, whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son does not have life. It is accepting God's Son as his provision to restore our relationship with himself that ensures life. Full life for now, but also eternal life so that our spirit, our true essence, never dies. God has done what only God can do. So then it's up to us to do what only we can do. And a, and a good illustration, I think, of this is if, if Bill Gates or you know Warren Buffett or some other obscenely wealthy person decided to put a few billion dollars into my bank account, mm-hmm. it would change nothing about my life unless I went to the bank and took out some of that money. Again. Yeah, unless you used it. Right. You've got to use the money. Yeah, nobody goes to the bank to take out money. Although no. I think if you were going to take out a few billion dollars, you might have to show up in person. I, yeah. I, <laughs> who uses cash? Who, I, I yeah. Anyway. I had to go to a bank machine today. It was so weird. It was like, I don't even think I remember how to yeah, do this. Yeah, it's the 90s again. Uh, anyway, for our um, for, for Jesus' death and payment for our sin to make any difference, in our world, we have to come to him and to ask him to be our leader and to and accept his provision for our sin. So the last part of the song is born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. Second birth, we often talk about the idea of being born again, right? And it's kind of a weird term and we get mocked for it a lot. But what Jesus was saying to Nicodemus in John 3 when this conversation took place is, I will give you a life so new. It's sometimes called being born again. Everything is going to be new. Everything is going to be different. So I just want to finish by saying this. When we invite Jesus into our lives, He makes us so new, we can call it being born again. All our past failure, our shame, our mistakes are gone. And if you've been born into the spiritual life that God offers through Jesus, if you haven't been born into that life, you're missing the whole point of Christmas. Accept him into your life today if you haven't done it. You can just do it in a simple prayer. And the words aren't even important because God knows what's going on in your heart. And once you've done that, You can sing the carols of this season with a heart full of gratitude for the true story of Christmas. 
that's going to be it for us today on Grow on the Go, but we do want to remind you to subscribe on your favorite app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or iHeartRadio, and you can listen anytime using the My Joy Radio app. That's it for us today on Grow on the Go. I'm Kevin Pankhurst. And I'm Donna Carter. Thanks for listening to Grow on the Go. Share this episode on social media and find more great programs at faithstrongtoday.com.